sound check or levels. Jekka? This is my level. La, 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 la. Perfect. All right, here we go. Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem Nerd Out. I am your host, Austin, and with me as always is the amazing Amanda. Hey. And the wild yet elusive Jekka. I'm back. Woo! I barely, I barely held onto my cough, just, <laughs> just long enough to hit the mute button, so you guys didn't have to listen to me. So, hey, folks! Thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, we're talking the latest. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, but we're also going to be talking some interesting things to include the possibility of Mandalorian Season 4 ending up as a movie. Apparently, Wonder Woman 3 is back on with Gal Gadot and J- under James Gunn, and we are hearing that maybe the villain for Deadpool 3 has a direct connection to professor x we're gonna be talking those things and a whole lot more so make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button we would love to nerd out with you each and every week if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button you know what i'm gonna say to you plus 10 nerd xp to you nerd xp we love you guys and for everyone else as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button you too can start earning some nerd xp nerd xp but in the meantime jekka how have you been what have you been up to uh, I've been running around everywhere. <laughs> um, I went back east to visit some friends. So first in Illinois and then New Jersey. Ooh. And while I was in Illinois with my friends there, the museum in the city they live in had Body Worlds. Oh, which, yes. Yeah, you've heard of Body Worlds. So Body oh, Worlds yeah. is where like, people have donated their bodies to science and they've like preserved them. So that you can see like they they pretty much like run it through a process where it strips away the skin. And the fat, so it just leaves muscles, tendons, bone, and in some cases, they even preserve, like, the cardiovascular system. Um, First of all, it was really cool, but secondly, if you have the opportunity to go to Body Worlds, and you know someone who is, like, a doctor or a physical therapist, go with that person. Oh, yeah. Because my friend, he's going through school for (laughs) physical therapy, And it was just the coolest thing because, like, with each exhibit, he was, like, telling me about the bones and, like, how they would rehabilitate them. Uh, And, like, even just looking at some of the bone structures, like, we looked at a spinal, like, just, like, a skeleton of a spinal cord. And just looking at it, he was like, oh, this person did a lot of heavy lifting. And I could tell because of, like, here's these little things that have resulted from, like, lifting so much. And it was just mind-boggling that he could tell that just from looking at, like, the bones that so. is ultra cool yeah so could, could he uh could he tell how old he or she was before, when they roughly died like he could tell this was a old person or something no he couldn't tell that per se like he just like what he could usually tell was like 
how they lived, like whether they were very sedentary or if they did a lot of heavy lifting, that sort of thing. Or like if they had bad, like the other big one was bad posture. Like some of the skeletons, he was like, oh, this is from bad posture kind of thing. I'm I'm sending up Um, straighter now. I know, right? Like, like going through that, I was just like trying to keep like a straighter, like straight posture kind of thing. So, yeah, it was just like so cool. Yeah, it's ultra cool. Yeah, and then I also last week went and saw the new Indiana Jones movie with my friend. Okay, all right, let's talk about it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I am a sucker for anything that's kind of like time travel related. So uh. I really enjoyed it. I. And, like, I remember last time when we were talking about it, you mentioned, like, kind of, like, the explanation they had for Shia LaBeouf's character and, mm-hmm. like, why him and Indiana and Marion aren't yeah. together. I personally really liked that explanation. Like, I thought that was a very... That... I, 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 I like that backstory. Spoiler alert! Spoiler yes. alert! Yes. That, that Shia LaBeouf's... Uh, what was Mutt, right? Yeah, Mutt, yeah. M- Mutt? Spoiler alert, <laughs> Mutt died in the army. Yeah, that he died in the war. No, or no okay, in the okay, Vietnam so, War or the army, yeah. So check this. Vietnam. Okay. So now that you've seen it, here here's my thought, okay? Now, Indiana Jones himself did not have the greatest relationship with his own dad and pretty much split off, didn't see him for decades and then finally they teamed up on an adventure at last again. I wonder I wonder how easy it would be to just say Mutt, uh, Mutt did not die in the army. Mutt uh, simply said he, uh, you know, set things up to say he died in the army, so that way he could split off and, you know, go do his own thing without his parents wondering, you know, where he's at all the time. So, or so something like missing in action. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, so I, I. Uh, I think there's room to bring back his character if they wanted to. That's that's all I'm saying. And yeah. and and I think that that falls in line with one Mutt's character. Arwen, get to bed. One. She's one an that, elven princess. She doesn't have to go to bed. Yeah, just right. <laughs> she, she, one, uh, it, it's in line with Mutt's character. And two, it's in line with the... Uh, the the setup they have between the son and father son relationship, and so what is okay? We got our, we got our kids running around. We got the dog chewing. What is it you chewing on? Like a giant cardboard box? A notebook. And my my word, dog. Where's all the where's all the uh, chew toys we buy you? Anyway, there's literally a chew toy right like just a couple inches from where the notebook was. Yeah. Oh. There it is. You gave him the squeaker toy. I didn't give it to him. It was two inches away from the notebook. (laughs) All right, dog. He's like, I'm a good boy. I'm a good boy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a good boy. (laughs) Um. So, anyways, that 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 was my two cents. So that way they could bring back Mutt's character if they wanted. I feel it was a cop out, and they could have done better. Uh, see, I felt like, considering they, for some reason or other, didn't want to or couldn't bring back Shia LaBeouf, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good write-off. If you had to write him off, I felt that was a good write-off. I'm tired but, yeah. of good characters getting killed off just because they can't replace the actor. Just replace the actor! Uh, let's see here. Well, yeah, why isn't he? Okay, I'm looking it up, because now I'm curious. 
I did for like at one point I looked up like Shia LaBeouf because I was like where is he right now and there was a period where he kind of like had to go through rehab and he like did turn his life around but I don't think he's he's doing more like theatrical acting not so much like movie acting I, I think he was written off so that way they could have the goddaughter come in he, actually yes that's what it says here I just looked it up it says uh uh LaBeouf's absence from Indiana Jones style Destiny has nothing to do with the negative response to the previous movie. According to the film's director, James Mangold, LaBeouf was left out of the latest sequel for storytelling purposes. The plot of Indiana Jones 5 revolves around Indy and his granddaughter. Goddaughter. Goddaughter. No, well, the, well it, it says granddaughter. Th- yeah. but anyways, and the filmmakers didn't want to overcomplicate things. Quote, I think the point I had was that when I came on, I wanted to capture that wonderful energy between Indy and the intrepid female character. So that was my first goal. And there's only so many people I, you can edge into I a picture. I didn't find her intrepid. I found her despicable. Okay, anyways. And a terrible person. <laughs> and frankly, it turned me off the movie because I hated her so much. Yeah. See, I saw her as... Temple of Doom, Indiana. Because in Temple of Doom, he was all for profit, which is how she was. Um, uh, and yeah, this movie didn't really like... Like, this movie kind of, like, showed that she was starting to lean more towards what Indiana became. Because I, I remember, like, forever ago, we we did a rewind and we watched Temple of Doom. And, like, Temple of Doom technically takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, it does. Because in Temple of Doom, he's out for profit. He's, like obtaining these you know artifacts and selling them and so that's what his goddaughter was doing she was pretty much doing the exact same thing but she hadn't made that change until like this movie where she's like oh okay maybe i don't want to like sell things for profit like i want to actually try to like preserve these for other people to enjoy so that's how i saw that so was that she was just like a temple of doom indiana and we were like getting both of those worlds again. Here's here's the thing that that was problematic for me is okay, so Temple of Doom, Indiana, mixed with um Raiders of the Lost Ark is kind of the feel of this, and I don't think it was a good mix. Um, I think it would have been better if they had had the sun, and I I see how it could have been way better. To have had the son interacting with the goddaughter. And I, I think that could have come off extremely better. That's my my thought. Well, glad you got to see the movie. Anything Thoroughly else you want to talk? It. What's nerdy with you? Can you still hear the dog squeaking stuff in the background? He went like... <laughs> yes, I can. Oh, my <laughs> word. He is two rooms away. So, anyways. All right. Amanda, what's nerdy with you? So, we watched The Flash... Because I was not allowed to escape. I made her watch The Flash. <laughs> All of the kids loved the movie. Did you end up seeing the movie, Jekka? I've not. Is it on streaming now? Uh, I don't I, think I have so. not. Yeah, it's it's long gone from our theaters here. Like, yeah, we, it's going to be out. We yeah. bought it on Apple. Okay. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, oh, no, I, I haven't seen it yet. It was that window of opportunity was when I was doing all my vacation traveling sure. and yeah, so Okay, so Amanda, what what did you think of it? It was okay. <laughs> For Amanda, that's a 10 out of 10. Okay. I loved the mom. I loved the mom. Uh um, well, so, so the actor the flash. Just, 
The actress did a fantastic job. Um, other parts of it, I just found. I I think I'm going through a lot of burnout with comic book movies right now. Hey, welcome to me. And so, and we'll we'll get to that later on in this podcast too. Of just, I'm not feeling like. I don't know if it's necessarily burnout or maybe the writers are burned out <laughs> and it, it doesn't feel like there's well, any difference between that, so many movies anymore. That is what James Gunn kind of mentioned not that long ago is that the, uh, that the movie, the, the comic book movies nowadays have started to get pretty lazy and, uh, and he, James Gunn is hoping to write that ship with the DCU. So. I don't know. I I still like the Flash quite a bit. The, all the kids loved it. Even the neighbor kids that we had over there, they were all super into it. They really enjoyed it quite a bit. But you know, here's the other thing: is Amanda ditched about thirty minutes, thirty to forty five minutes of the movie. I had a project I needed to work on. Well, that's fine. <laughs> she ditched she ditched a, a large chunk of the movie, and I had to like, I had to like basically twist her arm not. At, not literally, but you know, get her back into the room to, to get her to watch it. She finally she finally came in when uh, Michael Keaton's Batman shows up, so she missed most of the uh, setup. And so, I'm fine with that. So, anyways, uh, I like I like the Flash, uh, and I hope the DCU uh, does some cool things moving forward. So, um. Well, we got some we got some nerd news to talk about, so let's get into it. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, Rosario Dawson says Star Wars Ahsoka Tano, the upcoming TV show, takes inspiration from Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. So Ahsoka Tano's transformation has been an intense journey since her debut in Star Wars The Clone Wars. The evolution will further unfold in Dave Filoni's live-action series, Star Wars Ahsoka, set to release on Disney Plus right around the corner, August 23rd. So Rosario Dawson, portraying the live-action Ahsoka, recently discussed the character's development with Entertainment Weekly. She drew a fascinating comparison between Ahsoka's growth and Gandalf, from the Lord of the Rings, stating, quote, In the animation, you saw her go to the white. But uh, but what I love is the idea that there was even another level to her. Dave Filoni and I talked a lot about Gandalf the Grey and Gandalf the White, ta- uh, talking about this transition and how she's someone very capable and excellent and looked up to as a leader, but she still has levels of development to go, end quote. So the upcoming series will explore Ahsoka's journey after the fall of the Empire, picking up where Star Wars Rebels ended. It will focus on her investigating uh, investigating of an emerging threat to the galaxy represented by Grand Admiral Thrawn joining Ahsoka. Our characters like Sabine, Hera, Syndulla, Chopper, Zeb, as the search for Ezra Bridger begins again. Dave Filoni, John Favreau, and Kathleen Kennedy are serving as executive producers. I don't know, Jack. What do you think of uh, Ahsoka the White or Ahsoka the Gray? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, if you were to pick someone to 
want to aspire to be like, like <laughs> to reflect kind of a transition, I'm like, you can't go wrong with Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to know where her Hobbit friends are because that was char- like central to Gandalf's whole character and all that, you know, like who are her Jawas. No, the Jawas. It's not Jawas. It's Yodas. Yodas. Yoda, that's right. It's Yodas. That's it. Yodas. Maybe Yodas. Grogu yeah. and Yoda. Those are her hobbits. Exactly. Um, and, and the other thing, too, for me is, like, my expectations just keep getting higher and higher with this series. So, like, I really hope they did a good job on it because I will be easily disappointed. <laughs> and I hope I will not be disappointed. So, I... I just, my expectations keep going up and I'm really excited for this. So, and and like knowing that now, like I will be watching, like not like to be like super critical and compare her to Gandalf, but like sure. I want to see kind of like what, like how she portrays that influence from Gandalf the Grey and the White, you know? Well, in the, uh, in the quote from Rosario, she talked about how basically, uh, I'm assuming she's specifically talking about Clone Wars. I don't know so much about Rebels, but she's talking mm-hmm. that, in animation, she was Ahsoka the White, and so if if she's not Ahsoka the White, in I'm assuming she's Ahsoka the Gray now, and I'm wondering if we're gonna see her go back to being Ahsoka the White. Because I gotta be honest yeah. with you, I gotta be honest with you, I want Ahsoka to recommit to being a Jedi. I want her to say, "I am a Jedi" once more. I want her to be like, "I'm going to." Like, kind of, like, reform the Jedi. Be like, I will be the Jedi, but I don't want to be the Jedi of old. You know, like, I want to be a better Jedi uh. kind of thing, if that makes sense. Kind of like what Luke was going for. Like, the Jedi that Anakin needed to have. Because <laughs> he was a Jedi ahead of his time kind of thing. Well, I mean, the the Rey movie that they're going to be making kind of sounds like they're going down the Rey's rebuilding the Jedi Order. I don't think... I don't think Ahsoka's alive during episode seven. I mean, Ahsoka has got to be I mean, like if she, 80, oh, 80 years old at that point. Can we have a grandma Osaka, Ahsoka? Wow, Osaka. I've been talking a lot about Japan lately. Ahsoka. A grandma Ahsoka. An old 80-year-old Ahsoka uh, Tano. Oh, my gosh. Okay, now i got to look like, it up. Part of me just How wants her to be like... Ahsoka Tano. I saw something about that. I'm like when this series comes Star out, she's Wars supposed to be like I think forty, 40 or fifty. No. And let's also point Somewhere out that ages can dip. Like what ages mean differs from species to species. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, okay. According to this, so if she was born, she was born in uh, thirty-six years before the Battle of Endor. She was. Okay, so that makes sense. So, and then about another... So, so about, human years. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, 36 by episode four. And then that means... Well, that kind of makes sense because, you know, we saw her in Rebels as... Uh, what was she in Rebels? I'm having a brain fart. I don't know. She was an adult. No, 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 she was. But she was going by a code name, and I can't remember the code name. Oh, I can't remember either. Uh, it's like right on the tip of my brain. Anyways, and then and then we've got like what, like five years through episode seven or something, or episode six, and then another twenty years to that. So so she'd be like in her mid to upper sixties by the time like episode seven shows up. Okay. So, so who knows? Yeah, maybe maybe she'd be like 
so if she's still alive during Ahsoka or during Ray's movie, she might be like, like, like eighty years old. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that'd be that'd be crazy to see Ahsoka and Ray uh, together. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. That'd be that'd be. It'd be, it, it, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's move on. I want it. I want to see it. Anything with Ahsoka. That's what sure, I Sure, yeah. Let's move on. Check this out. Mandalorian Season 4 might end up as a movie. So a recent report from Making Star Wars has ignited speculation that the Mandalorian's fourth season might be transitioned to, into a feature film, according to sources within Lucasfilm, Concerns about meeting production schedules for upcoming Disney Plus shows have led to internal discussions about adapting the fourth season's main story into a theatrical release. The reported rationale behind this item stems from fears that Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni may be unable to deliver two seasons of Disney Plus shows needed as prerequisites for Filoni's upcoming Star Wars film. There's a suggestion that editing the Mandalorian's fourth season into a film could resolve the timeline issues and give Filoni two Star Wars theatrical films produced by Jon Favreau. The possibility of this movie is being linked to the challenges caused by Hollywood strikes, with the report stating the chances of Mando 4, Ahsoka 2, and the untitled Filoni film all being written and filmed on time is looking less possible by the moment. It isn't that likely unless they let the quality take a nosedive or take lots of uh, amphetamines, uh, end quote. Moreover, it appears that Disney is currently favoring theatrical releases for Star Wars over Disney Plus content, although no official decisions have been made regarding the plan. The report also indicates that the idea is gaining traction among some executives, while the proposal may seem like a practical solution to a potential production bottleneck. Concerns have been raised that that condensing a full season of The Mandalorian into a two-hour film could lead to a compromised story. Fans and industry watchers alike are likely to be divided on whether this approach would serve the story well or detract from the richness and depth that a full season could offer. Ultimately, the decision remains with Lucasfilm and Disney, and it remains to be seen how they will navigate these challenges while preserving the integrity of the beloved franchise. So I see how this could work. I see how it could fail. I do agree that we can get more fuller storyline, but this reduces the throwaway episodes. It reduces the soft pilots that they were throwing in season two left and right. So I'm not sure whether I'm for it or against it because I like having the episodes, but at the same time, the throwaway episodes annoy me. Well, it doesn't that was actually... my thought exactly. Sorry, go on. It doesn't actually say in the report if this is a Disney Plus, made for Disney Plus movie or if this is going to be in the theater movie because <laughs> if it, it would be a theater. Really. Well, it would, it, I would expect nothing less than theater. I don't know. If you think about it, if Disney was to ever release a star Wars movie direct to Disney plus, this might be it because it started on Disney plus and two, 
the advertisement dollars for something in the movie theater usually kicks up the uh, the budget of everything, uh, like another hundred million. And Disney wants to save money right now. Disney wants to save money, but they also want to make money. Putting it straight to Disney Plus doesn't give them any boost with money. Putting it in the theaters first gives them that theater dollar boost. And with the popularity of The Mandalorian, it doesn't make sense to put the movie straight on Disney+. Plus. Well, I mean, I, I look, I can see reasons for both. I'm not saying that your reasons are invalid, and, uh, and I would rather see everything in the theater. But I, I, I don't know what's going through Bob Iger's mind right now. And I know that they're cutting productions on lots of stuff. They're wanting to save money. Uh, you know, from from what I've heard from Bob Iger is that, you know, post COVID, the the movie theater industry <coughs> audiences have not bounced back to pre COVID levels, and so people are going to the movies, but they are not uh, not but but not at the same dollar amount, and so that's putting Disney in a position where they 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 have to make movies cheaper. And they they are doing so because they're expecting a smaller uh, revenue return. Well, I think he talked about that probably before Barbie and Oppenheimer came out. Yeah, I, I, I Barbie I don't know and Oppenheimer have had phenomenal results. They're both original movies too, though they're not like that's long true. franchise movies, and so. <laughs> and I think that's the big thing going on here, because like you know we keep bringing it up, like these superhero movies are getting. I'm getting tired of them. Like, I'm not likely to go see a, a superhero movie opening weekend because I'm tired of them. I want something, would, like, fresh and new. W- you know? w- would you watch Blue Beetle opening well, weekend? Well, I was going to bring that up. Honestly, no. <laughs> I, might, I will only, like, the only, I'll be so honest with you and the listeners. The only reason I've been on top of the Marvel DC for for the most part being in grad school. The only reason I'm on top of those is because of this podcast. I probably would not have seen Guardians of the Galaxy on time. I probably wouldn't have seen. I mean, I didn't see the Flash on time, but that was vacation. But yeah, like it, TMNT, I saw it on. I saw it when it came out this weekend because I was excited for that. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just gonna the point Blue out. The I'm Blue not Beetle, really excited for that. The Blue Beetle seems to be a little bit more unique. Blue so. Blue Beetle. Um, I, uh, I don't know what to say about it yet. <laughs> yes. Amen to that. Same it's here. Oh, from Cobra Kai. Literally, I am only going to see that because of this podcast. <laughs> we'll be honest. <laughs> and that hasn't yep. changed for me. Like, even before COVID, that's how I was with movies. Like I would go see the movies I wanted to see. So, well, okay, let, yeah. let's 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 put it this way: Would you rather see Mandalorian season four as a TV series on Disney Plus, or would you rather see it as a movie in the theater? What would you rather see? Honestly, between those two, because I would love to see a Star Wars movie in theaters. I would go to the theaters for it. That's what you prefer, okay, Amanda? That's what I would prefer. Um. Honestly, I'd rather it be on um, Disney Plus because I'm sick of paying theater prices for things. I think I'd rather see it on Disney Plus just because that's where we started with the Mando and 
I'm liking it. So not that not not that I would complain at all if it ends up being in the theater. So all right, let's move on. Apparently, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman 3 is back on with James Gunn. That's right. Gal Gadot's future as Wonder Woman in the DCU has been a subject of much speculation, especially since the takeover by James Gunn and Peter Safran. While Gunn confirmed Gadot's continued involvement as iconic superhero, details were scarce about the exact plans for her character. However... Godot recently provided a fresh update on her future as Wonder Woman while promoting her new Netflix film, Heart of Stone. Godot told comicbook.com about her collaboration with Gunn and Safran on the next installment, saying, quote, I love portraying Wonder Woman. It's so close to and dear to my heart. From what I heard from James and from Peter, is that we're going to develop a Wonder Woman 3 together, end quote. So this announcement follows the previous uncertainties about the project, notably a script pitched by Patty Jenkins for Wonder Woman 3 was declined by Warner Brothers and DC Studios, leading to many questions about the franchise direction. Since debuting as Wonder Woman in Zack Snyder's Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice Godot has become synonymous with the character starring in Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 1984, and making multiple appearances in other DC films. The confirmation of Wonder Woman 3 undoubtedly is exciting, uh, even though there's no timeline as to when this movie might come out. Godot also commented on the recent Superman casting process, expressing excitement and well wishes for the unknown actor chosen for the role, further adding intrigue to the evolving landscape of the DC Cinematic Universe, the DCU. What do you think of this, Amanda? I really like Gal Gadot. So I like her as Wonder Woman. I'm excited to see her back. And I, I'm really interested to see how they're going to do it with how they left the Flash movie and how they can go on with the multiverse variants thing. Um, I'm interested to see how they make it work and... Honestly, I trust James Gunn because of what he was able to do with Guardians of the Galaxy, especially recently, where it kept my interest, which right now is I'm getting more and more annoyed with movies not being able to keep my interest. So I'm excited to see what he does with it. Jack, any thoughts? Uh, I'm kind of bummed that Patty Jenkins isn't gonna do it like yeah, yeah wonder woman 1984 wasn't as good as i hoped it would be but i still like i i, I like the I, I like patty jenkins and like what she's done like mm-hmm. how she portrayed wonder woman like yeah the storyline may not have been great but like at least she understood like how the character like how wonder woman acts and like understood her kind of thing so i mean yeah james gunn it's like yeah cool like yeah again i trust him like he's great like he's a great director but i'm kind of bummed that like patty jenkins does, isn't gonna be able to yeah. do this because like i was excited when it was like oh she's gonna do three wonder woman movies i was like sweet and you know the second one i was like hey the second one was a flop but hopefully the third one you know you learn from your mistakes um but so and then that got next so yeah i'm a little bummed that patty jenkins isn't gonna be involved with this so well there's there's no um 
I mean, maybe maybe this is a little bit of speculation on my part, but there's no reason why they can't use elements of her script, especially if they paid her for the script. They own they own that script. They could use portions of it if they liked it. Maybe they just had to. I I have a feeling they needed to tweak things because of the new change from the DCEU to the DCU, mm. and um, and those changes were probably significant enough that uh, part part of part or maybe even all of one woman three script needed to get changed. So, yeah, I don't know. At this point, all we have is speculation. We don't have details, uh, but I think it is good news that she's coming back in the DCU as wonder woman. And they're moving forward with that. Uh, but moving on, check this out. The villain for Deadpool three might've been released. And apparently it has a connection to professor X. So a recent revelation has shed light on the mysterious character Emma Corrin is portraying in the highly anticipated Deadpool 3. Since her casting was made public, Corrin's role has has remained a well-kept secret. However, according to inside sources, specifically from at Can We Get Toast, Corrin will step into the shoes of Cassandra Nova. So for those unfamiliar with Cassandra Nova, she is the evil twin sister of Charles Xavier, also known as Professor X. During their time in the womb, Charles attacked her, but she survived with a sole purpose to take revenge on her brother. She managed to hide within Charles' body for years before using his DNA to create a body for herself. Cassandra Nova first appeared in the Marvel Comics' New X-Men number 114, published in 2001, created by Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly. Her character is notorious for for her animosity towards mutants with the terrifying ambition to eradicate all mutants. She even caused the death of 16 million mutants by destroying Genosha. The excitement around Deadpool 3 has been escalating, particularly since photos of Wolverine in his iconic yellow attire have surfaced, along with video clips of Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool fighting Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. The star-studded cast is set to include Jennifer Gardner returning as Elektra and possibly appearances by Haley Berry Storm. Uh, We got Jean Grey, Cyclops, Ben Affleck's Daredevil, Channing Tatum as Gambit, Additionally, Deadpool 3 is reported to feature multiple versions of both Deadpool and Wolverine, and Deadpool 3 is scheduled to hit theaters on May 3rd, 2023. What do you think of this news? Um, can I just say I got really hung up on this Cassandra Nova and that she hid herself in Charles's body for years? I'm like, that whole thing... I'm sorry, I didn't hear anything else, because I was just like, what? It is so, one of those it's weird, a, it's obscure comic book storylines okay. that was supposed to be buried and never come up again. But honestly, it's Deadpool, and suddenly it makes sense. Okay. All right. It's Deadpool. We just run with it, and we go, okay. And that's probably why it's the only reason it will work. Because <laughs> I am exactly. sitting here like, okay then. All right. <laughs> that is, like, I knew, like, comic books did weird things. But that has taken the cake of the weird. Well, she's got to be a mutant herself. 
So that's that's the only way you could hide in somebody's body. Yeah, but it's just that whole thing. I was just like, yeah, that that that's number one weird comic book thing ever. Well, besides as that, as far as I know, <laughs> that I think uh, I th- if if that villain ends up being uh, true, I think that gives a lot of uh, credibility to these rumors that we're getting basically the entire Fox's X Men. Uh, back on the big screen, which I mm. think is fantastic. So yeah, I want that. That would be fun. Where's my absolutely? Lizard? Oh, there she is. Okay, my my lizard's out running around. So that's why I was like, "Where is she?" <laughs> you have your dog. I have my lizard, but she's more quiet. She's all sneaky. right. Moving on. Star Trek's Jonathan Franks thinks a Star Trek Legacy Picard Next Generation spinoff is a real possibilities. So Star Trek Picard's Jonathan Franks has expressed hope and optimism for a next generation slash Picard spinoff series called Star Trek Legacy. Originally envisioned by Picard showrunner Terry Metalis. Did I say that right? Uh, yeah. Metalis? Okay, Metalis. That's how I would go. Okay. Yeah. All right. I said I pronounced it correctly. Anyway, <laughs> so this was originally envisioned by Picard showrunner Terry Metalis as a continuation of the next generation set after the events of Picard. Franks believes the series has enough fan excitement to become a reality. Franks conveyed his thoughts in a recent interview with Variety, saying, quote, I think they cannot deny uh I think they can't deny not only the fan reaction, but the fact that the numbers put the show at the top 10 on the streaming charts. And that season of Star Trek Picard was arguably the best season of any Star Trek. I think we all agree on that. I mean, Star Trek fans are loyal. It's not millions and millions of people, and it's not the youngest fandom in the world. I am an eternal optimist, and I believe in a perfect world. They will find the assets and the energy and hire Terry to put together this legacy show. And that will, in fact, come to fruition, end quote. So despite Frank's enthusiasm, Metallus has previously mentioned that there are no current plans to develop Star Trek legacy due to Paramount's existing Star Trek project. Still, the final season Picard and the new direction set with Captain Seven of Nine taking command of the USS Enterprise G has sparked intrigue and a desire among fans to see the story continue. What do you think, Jekka? Um, honestly, I just want more Elnor. Oh, from season one? Yeah. He was, well, he was in season two as well. Like, they kind of forgot him. Like, barely. Yeah, he, he, spoiler alert. (laughs) You know, I remember, like, he died in season two, but then he got brought back, so he's back. So, yeah, I was like, I want more Elnor. Why? I'm, I'm, I'm baffled. He was cool. Like he's what? He's the first Romulan to kind of join Starfleet in a way, but not like officially join Starfleet. I liked that. It was cool. Well, maybe they could have him on the show with uh the Star Trek Next Generation cast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it says I mean, because it says they're going with Captain Seven of Nine and Rafi, so I'm like, bring in the other ones from Picard. You know, if you're gonna introduce these new characters that I actually really liked, like why not bring them back some more? Even if you have to recast them. But I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things that I'm like, um, I don't know. I like Picard was one of those that like I enjoyed it, but it's not going to be my go to rewatch, you know? Um, 
But that so, that last yeah. season was phenomenal. It really was. Yeah, that was really cool. But I did really like some of the characters they had introduced in like season one and two. So, I uh... well, if they're gonna like make this like, and that's that's my first thought, you know, like from you know them saying it's gonna be kind of like a spinoff series in a way. It's like okay, so I can expect these characters they introduced in Picard to come back, right? Unless they like plan on just carry like moving forward with like other characters that have been introduced in Next Generation, I'd be cool. Like if it followed Worf, that would be cool. That would be cool. Because Worf yeah. was really cool. I liked his portrayal in Picard. Yeah, I um, I'm all for a legacy spinoff. Uh, just as long as it makes sense. I would like an overall direction of the Star Trek universe. You know, because they had like, you know, uh, you know, Deep Space Nine kind of had that. Um, even uh, even Voyager had that. Like they had they had like an overall uh, here. Here's the main aspect of the show, uh, as opposed to what Star Trek Picard did, where the main aspect of the show changed from season to season to season. I'd rather almost yeah. have like a. Like here, here's what we're getting into, and this is what we're doing. Um, but I'm, but I'm all for a Star Trek Legacy. Uh, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm mixed feelings. Austin's like, yes, please. <laughs> Austin's giving me looks. I'm ambivalent. I towards the end, I was just let it end. Can I just do a quick side note? Sure. Have either of you are either of you caught up with um Strange New Worlds? No. no. Are you ta- are you, um, do you want to talk about the musical? Not the musical, actually. It's the huh. Lower Decks crossover episode. Oh. It was phenomenal. Tell I actually want to go watch it again. It's amazing. Like the in uh I'm like, watch, se- so, so far season two of Strange New Worlds, I've really enjoyed it. Um, probably more than the first season. I need to rewatch mm. the first season. I was like stressed out when I watched the first season, so I wasn't really paying attention to it. But so far I've liked s- season two, but it's episode seven, Those Old Scientists. They do the this crossover, they bring in Boimler, 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 and Mariner into Strange <laughs> New Worlds. It is amazing, because they... They do both the Lower Decks animation and Strange New Worlds regular, but the intro, they like blend the two together for the opening credits. And it's phenomenal. Like, even if you haven't watched Lower Decks, my friends who have watched this episode without seeing Lower Decks still enjoyed it. If you have seen Lower Decks, (laughs) you, I was laughing the whole time. The actor and actress who played Boimer and Mariner like nailed it. They were amazing i don't know if they were the actual voice actors so, or not i know for a fact boimler was yeah. like he's also the voice actor he is oh my gosh oh, yeah. yeah he it was a bit you have to watch it amanda just skip ahead and just watch it like that's all you <laughs> need to do like it's so good like oh it was amazing it was such a funny episode i freaking loved it and i'm excited that there's a third season of lower dicks coming out soon so yeah i only like watch like because i was 
caught up, but I had I'm still like three episodes behind. And the only reason I was like, oh, I need to keep watching this was because I was seeing all of these like people commenting and praising this crossover episode. And I was like, okay, I need to watch this. So you should watch Strange New World season two so you can watch that episode and then we can nerd out over it together. I'm uh, you, you've uh, you've sparked my interest. So, yes, we have to do that in the near future. So, yes. All right, let's move on, though. Stranger Things Season 5, the final chapter, its final episodes are apparently to center on Will, and it's set for a 2024 release. The highly anticipated series Stranger Things will conclude with its fifth season wrapping up the thrilling journey that the Duffer Brothers began in 2016. Can you, can you believe it's been that long? Recently, Ross Duffer spoke to Variety about the upcoming season, highlighting that it would focus on an emotional arc for Will Byers, played by Noah Schnapp, tying the entire series together. Ross explained that the season five would see Will taking center stage, coming into his own as a young man. He emphasized that the character's growth is not only about his sexuality, but his overall uh, maturity. The writing team likened the upcoming season to, quote, if season one and four had a baby, <laughs> hinting at an intense culmination of the story, Matt Duffer added that the final episodes would circle back to season one and that Will's coming of age would play a significant role. Other characters like Steve, Nancy, and Jonathan will also see unresolved arcs playing out. Noah Schnapp, who plays Will, expressed his excitement for the season, saying, quote, the way they close the show is just perfect. The story started with Will, and it will end with Will. Set in the 1980s in the fictional town of Hawkins, Indiana, Stranger Things follows a group of friends as they unravel supernatural mysteries, often leading to an apocalyptic nightmare. Stranger Things Season 5 set to premiere on Netflix sometime in 2024. So what you're telling me is that we're going to have Eddie and Barbara have a baby. Because they will Eddie be saved. Eddie <laughs> is from season four. He played um, yeah, Metallica. Okay. And, and Barbara, Barbara was, was the friend who died in the pool. She oh. Yeah, in season one. All the oh. way back then. So season one and season four have a baby. And that there you baby go. So is that... Oh. <laughs> I see what you're saying now. <laughs> I see what you're saying now. <laughs> I'm oh, interesting. interesting. <laughs> Austin's like you're crazy. Uh, Austin was like he's looking at me, going, "Okay, I, this I is way too I in couldn't depth." Remember. I couldn't. I could not remember who these people were. So I, I remember the outrage after Barbara. T- like everyone's like, "She's coming back," and they're like, "No, she's not. She's dead." Wow, I didn't realize that there were people that thought she was going to come back. I was like, oh, she dead, dead. Like I was with the tone of the TV show. I was like, she's not coming back. Well, like, yeah, it was interesting because the, they were really surprised at how much people loved Barbara for the two episodes she was in. (laughs) And like, same with Chrissy and Eddie, like people loved these characters. Eddie at least had a full season. He was in the full season. Like, yeah. You know, you know what I hope they resolve is that you know they brought they they brought in some unique 
uh, a unique direction to the story in season two. Like when, when seven found the others that were like her mm-hmm. and they, there was mm-hmm. a thing with her mom even. Do you remember that? Yeah. And yeah. then they just, they just kind of brush that off the side and never mention anything about it again. It's like, ah, oh, we were going in this direction. Now we want to go in a completely different direction. So are we gonna are we gonna see anything with season two mom? Well there, seven there's or... some some things that I've heard online is that they're going to have enough they're gonna make more series in the same world, but not about the same characters. So they might reference some of these things in other series. We'll see. We will see how well it plays out. I uh I just hope they they wrap this up well and we can move on from there. So, all right. (laughs) Jacket, were you going to say something? No, I was like, yes. Okay. Uh Let's let's talk some Ninja Turtles then. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? (laughs) Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And the film means it is time for our main event! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem Nerd Out! (coughs) We have a very important mission for tonight. We must use stealth and cunning to infiltrate the human world and retrieve... Okay, Batman. Dude, what? I'm just trying to hype you guys up. Let's go! From Seth Rogen comes a movie that crushes for absolutely every age. Amazing. Insane. All right, tell me more. It's effortlessly cool and visually stunning. It's the most fun you'll have at the movies this year. seems very dangerous. You eat danger for breakfast. Actually, I eat pizza with bits of waffles on it. With the funniest cast ever assembled. Surprise! Yes, bro! Oh, get Enough! Oh, man. You can't stop us. Fucking look. We're the only ones who can do this. I'm awesome. We're brothers. We fight together. We're just getting started. Yeah, she sounded like a leader. I do? Oh, I do! Oh, I sound like such a leader. And you ruined it. Ninja Turtles. Remember, don't let any human see you. Movie theaters, August 2nd. Get your tickets now. Hey, special shout out to all you super nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button. We really, really appreciate you. Please help us get the word out. Tell a friend about the podcast. And I want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you've not done so already. Come on, do it. You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. Nerd XP. Anyways, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. What'd you guys think of the movie, Jekka? Uh, so, I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I went in really excited for a movie about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles who actually act like teenagers, and I was not disappointed. 
So oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, I really liked it. <laughs> yes. So um, that is actually one of the things I really, really liked about the trailers and that I liked about it was that instead of acting like 19-year-olds, maybe 30-year-olds, they actually, college students. <laughs> college. <Yeah. laughs> they acted like teenagers. And oh, my word. What? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We now have a teenage daughter. And and the uh and the mention of teenager just like made me made my heart skip a beat in fear and <laughs> trepidation. Well, at, at least we have a girl, so she's not gonna be holding a watermelon over her head. Um you. with the ninja star being thrown um, at it. Don't be too sure of that. And like, again, don't I be was doing kind that, of a dude. Wa- I was not I was not your usual girl. <laughs> I was more than happy to like do a ninja star throwing so at a watermelon my, over my, my brother's head. Not that person. My son, yes. Yes, he would. I um I I like this animation style. I uh I'm okay with uh Spider-Man and Ninja Turtles sharing it, but I hope it doesn't go, you know, like every new animation movie is this style I, not Dave's every animate superhero animation style like yeah. yeah i think like it works for like i like it that spider-man introduced it and i like it that teenage mutant ninja turtles they kind of they adopted it like they still didn't do they did the same idea but they still did a little bit different they did i noticed that yeah because um, like i've looked it up because one of my friend was like like they made it very stop motion animation kind of feeling and they did that oh. on purpose because they didn't want it to be the same as into the spider verse but they still wanted to use that kind of style of yeah. it yeah so yeah i i i was able to appreciate it in spider-man because they made it very comic bookish and it worked and for me i didn't like it for teenage mutant ninja turtles i uh so so i didn't dislike the movie but i didn't like it as much as i was hoping i would um and i'm trying to figure out why that was the case like i think i think part of it had to do with them deciding to focus on superfly um instead of shredder and i and and i didn't i didn't necessarily like that they bebop and rocksteady are like friends with the turtles and teaming up like that like i like it just made me it made me scratch my head like why are they changing it that much um, I liked I liked the shredder or not the shredder uh, Splinter, Jackie Chan voiced Splinter. He did I didn't such know that. a good job. Oh my gosh, I was so happy that he got his kind of like Jackie Chan moment. You know when he spoiler territory now. <laughs> I don't right. know. Anyways, when you know like the turtles have right. gotten captured and he goes in and rescues him and he does like all of his moves i felt like i was watching a jackie chan like it was one of those things i was like splinter watched a jackie chan movie yeah. and so i felt like it was like very much jackie chan-esque when splinter came in to rescue the turtles and i really liked oh, that oh yeah yeah well that part I, was awesome i like that part and i'll tell you the 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 best part my favorite part is when the uh is when the ninja turtles are there with splinter and they had to admit yes the humans milked us. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, everyone, let me tell you. I am like an aspiring herpetologist. Um, 
And that whole thing with the the humans will capture you. They will milk you from your nipples. And they're like, <laughs> oh, okay. And they're all terrified of it. I was like, oh my gosh. Turtles don't have nipples because reptiles don't produce milk, first of all, yeah. to get some biology in there. But the thing that just made me laugh so hard is like, of course they would think that because their dad is a mammal. Uh, yeah. And like, that's a very mammal thing to be afraid of. And so they're like, we got milk. <laughs> so it's just like... <laughs> They, they do me mention, up. they do mention, the trolls are like, we don't have nipples. Yeah, but they, they're still scared of getting milked because it's like, you know, like, it's one of those things I saw as like, you know, I carried from like what my parents told me as a small child into my teenage years. The whole like, oh, if you swallow gum, it'll stay in your stomach forever. You swallow yeah. a watermelon seed, you'll grow a watermelon, you know, like even as a teenager, I thought it was ridiculous. It still was one of those things that like sat with me, you know? Yeah. So that whole thing just like cracked me up. It was so what? funny. I, I I do really like how they focused on like teenage angst and drama issues that as an adult, you're like, I remember stupid stuff like that. I'm glad I don't have to worry about this. <laughs> Nardo. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Nardo. When uh one th- yeah, Nardo. One th- <laughs> Leo Nardo. One thing I I missed, you know, um, is it, it, I do like the teenage aspect, but I also like the stealthy ninja vigilant vigilante aspect. And this movie didn't have that as much. Um, I really like the ninja aspect of the Ninja Turtles, and well, I like. I like them going around scaring the bad guys. And they did that for a little bit, but they only did it in like a single montage. And then at the end of it, that montage was over. Um, Outside of that, it was mostly just talking and teenage angst. Um, So, so I miss the, I miss having, I I want more ninja part. Like the, the opening scene where their eyes are all white and they're about ready to go grocery shopping, but they like took it up a notch I like that aspect of the Ninja Turtles. Fun. I like that aspect. I don't think they should just get rid of that just so they can focus on the the humorous teenage part. Like it's okay to have both. Like let's have let's have Ninja Turtles that are like ninja intimidating to bad guys from time to time. So I, I do like how this is kind of an origin story for them, where they go in and they're they get scared of the gangbanger guys, and then they find out oh. Yeah, actually we're actually like pretty cool at this. Yeah, we're good at it. Jackie, you're, you're going to say something. But yeah, I was along those lines like, yeah, I would have liked it would have been nice if there was more of that stealthy stuff going on. But at the same time, I saw that as part of like them learning and becoming better, you know, so like because they were used to stealthing around to get food from the grocery store. But then it's like, OK, now we got to switch and stealth around to find the bad guys. So I, I just saw it as, like, for the purpose of the story, that wasn't really necessary. Especially, like, once they found Superfly, how, like, how that kind of went from there. Like, stealth wasn't really completely necessary at that point. And that's kind of how I saw it. But um, I'm hoping that they will, like, make either more... I think there's, like, Seth Rogen wants to either make another movie or, like, a TV show. And so I'm hoping maybe they can incorporate yeah. that in later, you know. But I kind of well, thought it's, like, just part of that origin story of, like, you know, 
Yeah, so they uh, they they have confirmed they're making a sequel to this, and they're going to start making a uh, a TV show based off of this iteration of the Turtles. Uh, nice. I think on Paramount Plus, or maybe it's on Nickelodeon. It's, it's going to be probably on Nick- Nickelodeon, but on but, streaming wait, services, but, Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so check this out though. So this was not the original intention of the movie, and um. Like, like one of the things that kind of had me scratch my head was like, you know, why don't we have Shredder? Shredder is the main villain of Ninja Turtles by a lot. Everybody else is really just a secondary uh, villain. Why don't we have more Shredder? And so, uh, so check this out. Apparently, Shredder was going to be the main villain of the movie, but the movie was going to take a, a different turn. So, so early on in the development process, director Jeff Rowe. Uh, and his creative team worked hard to include Shredder in this story as the big bad crime boss, but they couldn't quite figure out the story. Here's what he said in the interview. Quote, he was in the movie for a long time, for a year and a half. Sheesh almighty, dog. (laughs) Sorry about that. He was in the movie, Shredder. He was in the movie for a long time, for a year and a half. And then it just did not work out. And we were just banging our head against the wall. And we had two big story problems. One, the Turtles were in high school on page 30. So they got exactly what they wanted way too early. And it also meant that the movie was a reset 30 minutes in, which was just broken. And then Shredder Shredder was the villain. And it was too big of a character too soon. And you didn't understand how Mm -hmm. a crime boss, which is how we were playing him was connected to these teenagers and it just got too far away from the most simple essential story, which is teens wanting to fit in the metaphor being that they are actual mutants and actually shunned by society. It's not just a feeling for them and having a villain that was also a mutant and had similar experiences just made the themes of the story all kind of come together End quote. So it looks like it looks like what we got uh, was an extended version of those 30 pages up until Shredder showed up. And that's probably why I'm assuming you did stay for the mid credit scene, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm... Yeah, like, Shredder shows and, up. And in all honesty, like, that is actually good writing right there. Because, yeah, I think um, Shredder would not have fit in. Because I like that message. Like, it's a very relatable message, you know? Sure it is. Yeah. Like, at all levels. And so I... I liked that. I I didn't mind that they focused on Superfly because of that message they were going for. I mean, there's that scene where they sneak into movie night in the park and they're watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. And they're like, do all high schoolers like take over a parade like that? Like that part made <laughs> me laugh. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, so for Shredder and, and like, and in that, you know, again, it's like what Amanda said. This one is kind of, it's like an origin story, but in a mm-hmm. different kind. It's not like, here's how we became mutant turtles. It's more of like, here's us becoming yeah. heroes. So then they can face off against Shredder, who is the biggest villain. Like, I too was just like, oh, they didn't bring Shredder into this. But at the end credit scene where you see Shredder and they do bring him, like, he's coming in, I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be good. Like, well, it was a good setup to Shredder, if that so, makes sense. So two things. You talked about the origin story. And then before I jump out into the origin story, uh, which I'm going to say, uh, I miss the Orokosaki aspect. I miss the Japanese aspect. Uh, it's like every time they reintroduce the origin story, they, they take away the Japanese element 
uh, which which I I really like the original uh, the original origin story um, a lot. But I want to go back. I want to go back to this quote though, because li- listen to what they call Shredder. And then Shredder was the villain, and it was too big of a character too soon, and you didn't understand how a crime boss which is how we were playing him, was connected to these teenagers. Shredder as a crime boss, like a mafia boss? Like, is that what they're trying to say? I don't know mm-hmm. if I like that iteration of Shredder. Like, why Why are we changing Shredder from Orokosaki to a mob boss? I, I, I don't, I don't I, like that. I, I, he, was. he was like a Yakuza. Yeah, he was more like Yakuza. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, well. So it's not like an American crime boss. It's not like an American mafia. It's a different kind of mafia where ninja skills would be more use. So, because, I mean, technically that is what Shredder is. Like, he is, in a way, a crime boss. He's just not like a mob, a mafia. He's not okay, a mafia, right, but he's, well. he is still that same lines. He's you, not Sopranos. Yeah, going Yakuza. Yeah, he's not Sopranos. He's yak- Yakuza. <laughs> Okay, Yakuza Yakuza is a lot yeah. better than yeah, than. Uh, Check us freaking out over here, like Japanese pronunciation. Shred- Shredder please. Soprano, so yeah. Than... Um, okay, you know when when they did show Shredder, like Shredder has a, a slightly different look to him. Um, he does still have the traditional Shredder look. I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to Shredder. Let's. What, what do you think they're going to do with Shredder? Hmm. I think he's going to interrupt prom. Well, okay. <laughs> actually, let me, prom, who's yeah. the lady? No. Who's the lady with the glasses? Like they talk about Shredder. Let's bring in the Shredder. Like, 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 are they, she, I didn't like that because it made it look like the lady was the, the main boss. If they can bring in Shredder and have Shredder work for her. But here's the thing. Who is she? She may, here's the thing about Shredder though. First of all, I, I, she wasn't ringing any bells, so like I don't know who she is, or if she's supposed to take the place of what was that doctor's name that did like the technodrome and work with Crane? Well, yes, yes. Uh, oh, no, Shredder worked with Crane, but like there was this other doctor that was like with well, technodrome and all that. That was Doctor um, Baxter too, wasn't it? Was it? I think so. I'm like so shady. On, I like so. I don't remember so much of that, but like. I, I, so here's what I'm hoping they'll do, because this is typically what it is when it comes to Shredder, is like, she thinks she has control over Shredder, but in reality, he has his own agenda. So he does his own thing. And for him, it is convenient to be working with her, but she does not actually control him. I don't know. That, like, my experience with Shredder, that's usually how it is. It's like, he's, he's a big enough baddie that he will ally himself to other people but he does not work for them yeah i don't know so crane being the exception even then like he realizes like wait you're not you're you're using me and i didn't that's not how this works so so we uh we have our son not too far anakin you over there Yeah. come on over he uh he just got introduced to ninja turtles through the michael bay movies he watched both michael bay films and uh, and now he just watched this. He watched all three of these movies, just got introduced to Turtles all within like the last like two, three weeks. Anakin, what did you think of this new movie? I'm curious. Um, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. What did th- you think of it compared to the other movies? I think it was better. Really? In what way? Um, Probably because of the chameleon. The chameleon. Oh, the gecko remember. guy? Yeah. The, the gecko yeah, guy. he was funny. Yeah, he yeah. was good. I liked him too. 
Yeah. I still and, think it's and, funny that he was voiced by Paul Rudd. Yes. Um, yeah. And I just want to say, Anakin, you gave the correct answer. So good job. <laughs> you like this one better than the Michael Bay movies? Oh, big time. Yeah. I, I To me, I put it up there with the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the one in the 80s. And admittedly, I actually did like TMNT, the computer animated one that came yeah. out like early 2000. I like that one for the the character development with the turtles, not so much the plot. Sure. And then this one up there. So this one goes up there with like those two movies that are like my favorite. I think so. the Michael Bay ones, uh, they're, they're not as bad as people remember them. I think, I think they're okay. I have been meaning to rewatch them. I haven't seen them in so, many years. They're, they're, but... they're, they're fun. Um, and what was your favorite part of this movie of the, of the new Ninja Turtle movie? Hmm. Don't think too long. Um, People are waiting. <laughs> what was my favorite part? I don't know. I don't. I don't remember that scene in the oh. movie. Do you have a favorite Ninja Turtle? <laughs> yeah. Who's your favorite? Uh, Michelangelo. Yeah. Still Michelangelo. Yeah. All right, Arwen. I see you over there. Come here, real quick. All right. So I will share this. It's. It was really funny because I talked to all my kids. Um, I had. Two kids that really liked it and two kids that were kind of more of ambivalent okay. about it. Arwen, real quick. What did you think of the movie? Nice um, and loud. I think it was good. Um, I thought that I'm just a little mad that they didn't put Shadow to do any action stuff. Shadow is, um, I usually like the Ninja Turtles because um, they faced Shadow, but Shadow wasn't there, so it didn't be that good. Mm. But why? Why do you like Shredder so much? Cause he, like, he's the mean bad guy, and he's like, um, really good at, like, beating the Ninja Turtles. Okay. All right. All right. Now, we lit. We lit two of you. Now we got the third one. Come here, Abby. <laughs> We let one. We let one do it, and they oh, and they have a temper tantrum. One wants to share his favorite scene. Okay, Me. Abby, real quick. Me too. Abby, what 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 did you think <laughs> of the movie? Did you like it? I liked it. Why did you like it? It was good. Why was it good? Well, I well, my favorite part is like when we they like. When what? When they like get grabbed by the big thing. Oh, the, the big monster guy. You like yeah. the big monster? All right, off you go. <laughs> Anakin wanted to share his favorite. All right, real quick. all right. Last, last thing. Oh my word, kiddos, you're wrapping up the cords all around you. You don't need this on. Just what? What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene, um, is where uh, um, wasn't. Michelangelo that found the uh, tail to um the, oh, the guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, don't worry, it grows back. Yeah. <laughs> all right, off you go. Off you. All right, so. <laughs> all right, kids, go to bed. That was great. All right, so um, I and I do, oh, I do want to add real quick, like. This was a movie I felt that was geared towards kids, but like. Mm -hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans could still enjoy it. Like I still thoroughly, yeah. but I'm I'm an, I have my I always appease my inner child, so I have 
I frequently go see these kids movies. <laughs> like if there's a kids movie, I'm like, I want to see that. I will go see it. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. I grew yeah. up as a big Ninja Turtle fan, big, big Ninja Turtle fan. I don't think any kid of the eighties wasn't a Ninja Turtle fan. So, so anyways, okay, Let, let's wrap up any final thoughts. Uh, I think, uh, I think the movie was good. I think it did what it needed to do reignite Ninja Turtle uh, fandom again. I, I'm glad there was going to be another movie, another TV show. Uh, and I, I really look forward to seeing uh, Shredder back with the Foot Clan. I hope they do make uh, villains out of Bebop and Rocksteady again, though. So my final thoughts is that for me, it was really bland. It was. Wait I, a minute. You haven't, you haven't said anything like that this whole uh, time. Because I didn't want to talk to you about it. Um <laughs> I fell asleep through about half of it and we did not discuss any part that I slept through. (laughs) I appreciate the honesty. Well, the, thank you. The, uh, thank you for your honesty. I am sincere about that. I did. I did like how they threw the turtles a a big twist by having the villains be very relatable to them. And it kind of put them in a moral uh, position. It it was a great movie, but it was not geared toward me. It was great for kids, but it was very bland for me. And that's fine. Yeah, that is fine. Yeah, yeah. Checking. I I I want to talk a little bit briefly about April O'Neil because my favorite scene oh, is yes. actually like when they first actually like talk to her. And again, being a herpetologist, she asks them if they have ears, and they're like, "Yeah, I think we do. Turtles do have ears." <laughs> I can attest to that, but I liked it how they worked in April because like she's a teenager as well. She's in high school and I liked it that she's part of like, you know, the school newspaper. And so she's trying to kind of redeem herself and be accepted as well. So like her goals are aligned with the turtles as well. Um, So I really, I liked how they portrayed April O'Neil. Like I really liked how they like, cause I was wondering, I was like, how are they going to get like this journalist to work with like actual teenage acting turtles and i liked how they saw that they'd be like april's gonna be a teenager as well she's in high school same age as them pretty much like and but she's in the school newspaper i'm like cool sweet like i love that i liked how they worked that in so yeah Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed it it appeased it appeased me i too hope that um oh my gosh i'm spacing on their names the rhino and warthog guy yeah i Um, rocksteady and bebop that's it. Rock City and Bebop. Like, I thought that was kind of weird, but I was like, okay, it kind of fits. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm like, hope, because they, they make good, like, fun villains for they the turtles do. to have to deal with. So they yeah. do indeed. So, all but. right, folks. Thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Hit that podcast subscribe button and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever else you find us next week. We haven't actually talked about what we're doing next week, but I think we need to do like a, an Ahsoka prep show. Maybe we just to talk about Ahsoka Tano. We, do you like that idea, Jekka? I do. I'm right, always yeah. happy to talk with Ahsoka. All right, yeah, <laughs> I, I think next week we're just we're going to do an Ahsoka Tano prep show for the upcoming TV series. So if you have anything to add to the conversation, make sure to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. You just might be on the upcoming show. You can also email us some thoughts at supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, search Super Nerd Podcast. 
Hit like, hit share, tell a friend about the podcast, and the dog is running around distracting me so much. Anakin, knock it off, dude. The dog is running circles around me as I'm trying to like finish the podcast. Anyways, we'll see you guys next time. Have fun. Calabunga, dudes.